The injury bug is feasting on New York baseball. What started out in Queens with the Mets has migrated over to the Bronx with the Yankees. After throwing a no-no in Texas, Corey Kluber is now a no-go for at least two months. Luke Voigt is spending more time on the sidelines than between the lines. Will the Yankees be able to employ that next-man-up mentality once again? We discussed that with the post Ken Davidoff. Lots to get to next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. It's Chris Sheeran here with four-time World Series champion Yankees great Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our producer Jake Brown as well during the show. Follow the entire crew on Twitter for updates on the show. That's at Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. Subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find podcasts. If you're an Apple user, we would appreciate you giving the Pinstripe Pod a five-star rating and write it a nice review. Our buddy, Ken Davidoff of The Post, will join us from a taxi cab later in the pod. Maybe we'll play a little cash cab with him. Who knows? what's in the future, what's in store. But first, we welcome in Jeff Nelson, the four-time World Series champion with the New York Yankees. And Jeff, just when you thought it was safe to go back to the Bronx, the injury bug, uh, he's a-biting once again. Oh, my goodness. you just, okay, who's next? You just hope it doesn't, you don't see Judge in that in that report or, you know, anyone else. You know, it, it's, you know, just when you see that the Yankees are going well and they've swept – Chicago, which I thought was a great series to beat a, one of the best teams in the American League, and I think they are still one of the best teams in the American League. And then all of a sudden, you lose Kluber. I mean, you know, you, I guess you left the guard down a little bit because I thought, okay, after his slow start, and I was like, oh, I don't know, he may not stay healthy. I don't see him staying healthy. And then all of a sudden, he rolls off a, a few great starts. He mixes in the no hitter in there against Texas. And then he comes back with shoulder stiffness and or what is it, a strain of the subscapular muscle. I, I don't know how to read into this. I think well, any time well, the, the big thing is that he he's completely shut down for four weeks and then another four weeks to build himself back up if he has no setbacks. Just describe this. You probably, I don't know if you've ever had this in your career, Nelly, but you've been around pitchers obviously that have this. So when you're a pitcher, and you're shut down for four weeks, what does that mean? Well, you go backwards, obviously, and, you know, you're talking a starting pitcher. Is he going to come back if he does have he doesn't have any setbacks in the other four weeks as far as building up his arm strength and building up his pitch count? Are we going to see, okay, hey, here comes Corey Kluber, and he's going to throw 70 pitches again? You know, I don't know what that's going to do as far as helping the team. I think he, if, in order for him to be ready to come back, he needs to be 85 to almost 100 like he was, you know, before he all, all of a sudden went on the IL. My experience is with guys with shoulders, they don't come back too often. They always constantly have problems. Tommy John guys now with all, you know, sometimes, which is, which is shocking to me that guys have had it twice. Some of them had it twice, but those seem to withstand injuries and once they're back they're they're good for a while 
shoulders. You never know about them. I don't know too many guys that have all of a sudden had shoulder problems and all of a sudden got healthy all of a sudden. They've pitched a few innings or pitched a few outings. The next thing you know, they're on the IL and they're probably done. And maybe this is a, hopefully it's not something like that with Kluber, but all of a sudden now you're seeing it. He threw one inning last year, had shoulder problems. Uh, and then all of a sudden this year, he started out well in spring training. They, they limited his pitches. Then all of a sudden they let him go, which you should. And now he comes up with shoulder stiffness, is out four weeks completely shut down, which is tough because you're talking about a starter. It's not a reliever where you're only throwing an inning or two innings. This is a guy that's going to go five or six or expected to do that. And to ha- to shut down completely for four, in- four weeks and all of a sudden to try to get it back up again, and you think he's going to be back at the end of that two months, even if everything goes well, there's no way. I mean, it's going to take at least six weeks for him to come back. Yeah, the organization is always going to look at the positive side as soon as an injury happens, as much as they can. So they're expecting him back in two months. They're expecting no setbacks. But when you hear a pitcher, whether he's a reliever or a starter, uh, and you hear elbow, uh, you hear elbow strain, forearm strain, shoulder strain, uh, to people who've been around the game like you, Nelly, and the people who've been uh, a fan of the game for so long and me, you know it's pretty much rabbit ears when you hear pitcher, shoulder, forearm, or elbow. It's not going to be the allotted time more than likely. You would hope the best case scenario that Kluber does come back in two months, but I wouldn't really hold your breath to see Corey Kluber back in two months. now. So you're probably talking September 1st. I mean, we're looking that far ahead that you may see Corey Kluber September 1st and then building up his arm and hopefully using him in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know either, but there is some positivity here with Kluber going down. Uh, There are two pitchers that we're going to bring up with Ken Davidoff as well and get his thoughts. But there are two pitchers, Nelly, who we think deserve a shot really haven't been able to get a shot because there's been a backup in the rotation. The Yankees preached and lauded their depth in the starting pitching department in spring training. We did the same thing on this podcast, and now it's going to be put to the test. And And the first guy that's going to get the opportunity is Davey Garcia, and he's going to get an opportunity. We, we, we both thought we had no idea why they did what they did to him in the playoffs last year, having him open instead of having him start. That one start in Toronto where he stopped the Yankee losing streak and started a Yankee winning streak, to me, that gave him the opportunity in my eyes to start a true start in the playoffs, but the Yankees didn't see it that way. They had him open, then they brought Jay Happen, and we all know the rest is history. What happened in that game made no sense to us because we talked about it after it happened, but we're going to see David Garcia get a shot. We're going to see Michael King get a shot. So while Kluber's injury does stink, uh, it's exciting to see these young kids get a shot as well. No, no doubt. You, you know, that's the analytics for you. That's the, the uh, tend to screw up a few playoff games. Just ask a lot of teams and the Yankees were one of them. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to see him as well. You know, I saw him in spring training, and I know he was working on his off speed, and that's where he had his problems was when he wasn't getting off over his off speed. He has a really good changeup. He has he's not overpowering as as far as a 98 to 99 mile an hour fastball, but the ball jumps on hitters. He pitches up in the zone with it, but that's only because his off speed's down in the zone. When he's changing the eye level of the hitters. 
then that's where he has his great success. And he has good, very good control. You know, he spots his fastball. He can throw his off speed over at any time in the count. But when that off speed's not working, when the slider's not working, when the, you know, the curveball's not working, that's when he has a hard time. And he doesn't pitch inside a whole bunch. If he, 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 I saw him in spring and I was like, almost wish that he pitched inside more. And then that would set up that breaking ball. And that way guys wouldn't spit on it when it's outside. Uh, but that's interesting to see. You know, I'm, I'm going to look forward to watching him. I, I, you know, always look forward to young guys getting a shot. Michael King, I th- always thought that he was a starter rather than a reliever. There was just no room for him. So basically, you're just biding time until Severino hopefully gets back and comes back like the number one or number two that you thought he was going to be in this organization. You know, he's got an electric arm. And now with Kluber, Tyone, and some of these guys pitching well, you're not putting the pressure on Severino that he once had. No, and, and there's really no rush for him to get back, and that, that's another positive. And when you see, when you read what uh, Severino is doing right now, uh, he's ramping up to get to a his first rehab assignment, and that's exciting news, and he's popping the mitt. He's, he's between 95 and 97 with his fastball, reports about his slider being very deep as well. So coming back from Tommy John, it seems like Severino – you know, we've been as fans of this team and you, Nelly, as a former pitcher, even though you're a reliever, it doesn't matter. You we have been waiting for Severino to not only be on this team for an extended time, but break out and become dominant. You know, we've we've been tantalized with Severino for so long and injury setbacks have happened so many times that you're just chomping at the bit to see what this guy can do. And it seems like when he comes back, hopefully in July, if not, if he has no setbacks and he starts that rehab assignment uh, next month, this could be, you know, the eye popping Luis Severino and the efficient Luis Severino that we've been waiting to see. Well, we haven't seen him pitch since he signed that contract in spring training. I mean, he hasn't done anything. So, yeah, so you, you just... I guess there's a lot of question marks, you, you know, with me, with someone that hasn't pitched all last year, uh, and then all of a sudden he's going to pitch a half a season this year. There's so much, I, you look at his, his, his arm, he has a great arm. He's got great stuff, uh, you, you know, a little iffy in the playoffs, but you wonder how much being around Garrett Cole is going to help him for, for the rest of this season when he does come back. And hopefully he does come back. You know, just learning from him, you know, being around Montgomery, being around a winning team, a team that, OK, hey, you know, we, we're going to get to the playoffs again. And I would hope if everything goes well, he's your number two guy right behind Kluber. You know, I would think that he probably would be if, if he all of a sudden he goes and it's lights out for the rest of the season when he comes back. I, I got to have him as my number two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, there's so many guys like you mentioned Garcia, you mentioned mentioned King. You know, they have some depth in, in their starting rotation that they can fill in some holes in case Tyone needs a rest. You know, who knows, you know, if he's going to get, a, get tired after not pitching in almost a couple of years. So, uh, you know, Montgomery, you know, you mentioned we, before we started, 2017 was the first time he's ever had a full season. And then he's mixed in, what, under 10 starts the last two years. So, you know, now he's, now you have to watch him, I guess, on occasion. You always have to watch pitchers' arms now because it's, oh, once they start hitting close to 200 or you don't want them to get to 200 innings, then it's a red flag. So, you know, they do have some depth in their starting rotation. 
I would imagine if they needed a pitcher, they would have to go out and get one rather than get an offensive player because I still think that you're going to win with pitching. And that's basically how they've been winning now. I don't think their offense is that strong. Uh, you know, you have too many guys hitting under two, hitting under 200. Uh, you know, you look at the their run score, they're in the bottom half or bottom third of the American League. Uh, the OPS is in the same way. You, you know, it's just uh, the offense is the alarming part for me. And you may, you know, Go with the offense real quick. You're going to lose Luke Voigt now. Uh, who knows for how long. When they started winning and they st- started pulling off this string and beating beating the Rays, uh, beating, sweeping the White Sox, winning these series, who was back in the lineup? I mean, he didn't do a whole lot, but who was back in the lineup? And who was in that locker room? Who was in that dugout? It was Luke Voigt. And now what's going to happen? That's a great point out of you, uh, partner. Um, and the Yankees' last 15 home games, to your point with the offense, they're pitching to an ERA under three, 289 uh, at home. That's the second lowest ERA to the uh, to the Astros, by the way, at home. Uh, 238 batting average, though. I mean, that has to change. You, you know, you could pitch well uh, all you want, and, and we should we should also mention this. Uh, Kluber has a second MRI today on that shoulder. They're going to inject dye into it as we tape this podcast on Thursday. So. The update will probably come out later today or tomorrow on this dye MRI uh, to see if it's more serious than they actually uh, thought it was at the beginning when they went in for the original MRI. Dr. So- Sheeran, can you explain that to me? What the hell does it mean, <laughs> inject with dye? Like, I think of tie-dye beanie babies. What the I've, hell is inject I've had this done to me, so I, I'm not a doctor, but I could tell you it, it, what, ha- what what goes on. What you do is you go in for the normal MRI where you, you feel like you're in a construction zone. Uh, you're in a long tube and you hear all the knocking and everything else. But the second one, the follow up, if they if they think that there's something else going on, they'll inject a dye. And when you go in there for the second MRI, the dye will be able to bring up a better picture of the surrounding areas in your shoulder. And what it found with me was that I had calcified bone and it was scratching my rotator cuff. Uh, and, and the doctor showed me a picture of my actual rotator cuff ac- after my arthroscopic surgery. And it was like a cat scratched my rotator. There were three red marks on my rotator cuff and it was from my calcified bone on my shoulder. And he had to go in there and shave that down. So who the hell knows what's going on with Kluber? But like we said earlier, it, it's always scary when you have a pitcher and you have an elbow or a forearm or a shoulder. So Hopefully it's the best case scenario, uh, but for right now, you're not going to see him for at least two months. We have learned that Christian's putting his heart, his his shoulder, his, everything into these 40 and over leagues. My goodness, you got <laughs> cal- cal- calcium bones like with orange shoes. What is going on? Um, but I think this is the Yankees, guys. You know they're going to make a move. A guy who's out there who's having a career worse year, who I think they could go after maybe a change of scenery helps him is Luis Castillo, not the former Met that dropped the pop-up uh, Yankee Stadium, <laughs> yeah. a game that has haunted Seven me for years. ERA, which is shocking to me. But is that, Nelly, do you think a change of senior coming to a championship contender like New York, does that change enough for him where he could turn that around? Because we know he's got the stuff. We've seen it in the past. Sometimes, you know, when you're pitching for the Reds and the Reds don't have a bad team, you know, they're – I just don't understand with his stuff, why does he have a 710 ERA? You know, I know it's tough to pitch in that ballpark because the ball flies all the time, but still in the past, he's always had decent numbers. 
And that's alarming to me to have the 710 ERA. Maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes coming to New York is not, you know, going to other places and having a change of scenery is okay. When you're going to New York, the change of scenery is sometimes more pressure for guys. And, you know, maybe him coming over, if that happens, I would love to get him. I think it would be a great pickup because he's got nasty stuff. I think he'd be electric here. I yeah. Think. I mean, Actually, to, to yeah. learn from some of the guys that you have already in this rotation, when you have Kluber, if you get Severino back, there's another Latin presence. Hey, if you took an $11 million flyer on Corey Kluber, why not take a shot at Luis Castillo? The only I mean, thing that the Reds really value this guy, and you know, they tried to go get him before in the, in the wintertime or even in the spring, you heard some rumors and the Reds just wanted too much for him uh, you know he still has great value he's still a young pitcher so they're going to want they're going to want three or four guys and they're going to want three or four prospects and they might even want a big leaguer back so who, who are the Yankees willing to give up and then you have to worry about the the luxury tax I mean not that not that Castillo is going to hurt your luxury tax I think he would actually be under it 4.2 million he makes yeah, year. he's got they're two not too years far they're not too far from going over that and the Yankees are really uh, cognizant of, of not going over the luxury tax and they want to stay under. Well, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is expected to be back with the team when they start the series in Detroit. They have a brief three game road trip uh, in Detroit against the awful Tigers starting on Friday. Stanton's expected back there. Britain, uh, Zach Britton is supposed to start his rehab assignment on Saturday uh, and he could be back immediately. We mentioned Severino. Uh, he's hitting 95 to 97 on the gun. Darren O'Day started a throwing program on May 22nd. He needs three to four weeks to build stamina and velocity. So yeah, Kluber and Void are down. Aaron Hicks, we should mention he had surgery, uh, Wednesday on that wrist, potentially ending his season. He's another one like Severino. They both signed those contracts. I think that was the same spring training. Was it yeah, not Nelly? It was the seven year for 70 million and four year for 40 million. You know, the bargains that Cashman went out and signed these two guys, but you know, they haven't been on the field. So it, you look at those two and, and you just figure, all right, oh, well, we're going to get Severino back. We'll, well, hopefully he could stay on the field and start uh, paying some dividends here for that contract uh, and the confidence that the Yankees had in him to sign that deal. But uh, Hicks is possibly lost for the season, but there's a lot of positivity on, on the comeback trail too. I know, uh, Aaron Judge is hitting the cover off the ball right now, swinging at a lot of first pitches and having some success. Had another two hits yesterday. And uh, the guy that you, ever since you dunned Clint Frazier, he's been on fire, Nelly. <laughs> Good. I mean, he needed to. I mean, I, I, I still, Nelly still... murdered him. He put him in a body bag and then he came back alive. <laughs> Get him a body bag. <laughs> well, he's still hitting under 200. You now let's see if that goes up. Yeah, it's going to take a while because he has a lot of at-bats now. But, you know, good. I mean, you need to see that stuff. I mean, I, I'm i still not on board totally. He still has some stuff to prove. And, you know, I, he has a lot of confidence. And I, I'm, I'm glad he's getting a shot to be out there every day. I, I don't want to see anybody fail. I never want to see players no, fail. No, you said that. You said that when you, it's when just, you brought it up. Yeah, like, it's it, just it, okay. You know, with so many guys that were hitting under 200 and they just weren't doing anything offensively, you, you know, sometimes the, the younger players or the ones that don't have the experience are sometimes the odd men out as far as, hey, we have to make a change. Some of the veteran guys, you look on the back of their baseball card, maybe they'll say, hey, you have a chance to, you know, be, hit a, hit for these numbers. 
But some of the younger guys, they, they don't have any kind of numbers on the back of that card. They don't have any kind of experience. Usually the guys, those guys are the ones that are out. And usually, Jeff, and you know this, you've been on teams like this. Younger guys could hide behind the veteran guys who usually are on fire, and you don't need to do that. Uh, you didn't. You don't need to do that well. You could hide in the lineup, but when the rest of the lineup is having issues, like you just mentioned, you stick out like a sore thumb. So coming up next, we are going to talk more about these injuries, more about the pitching staff, more about Davey Garcia, and uh, also Michael King with our buddy, Ken Davidoff, who's in a taxi cab. That's next on the Pinstripe Pod. Joining us now, our good buddy, Ken Davidoff. He's uh, on with the New York Post. You could follow him on Twitter, at Ken Davidoff, where you get your daily Mets and Yankees record prediction reminders. Uh, Kenny, I'm a little worried now about this 97 wins for the Yankees with these injuries. What say you? Do you think that uh, prediction will still come true? Well, you know, uh, Chris, I have no choice but to think so. I mean, I, you know, I, I commit to it the bit from the beginning. I can't let up. Sure, I understand your concerns. I mean, yeah, the Kluber and Void, both big blows, and... Uh, you know, look, now we get, we'll get a good look at Davey Garcia. I, I really liked what I saw at Davey Garcia last year. I, I thought they, they committed sabotage, self-sabotage, you know, what, what they did in the playoffs, you know, with using as the opener and bringing in Absolutely, uh, yes. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I am curious to see uh, Davey Garcia get a real shot here. Yeah, I am too. No, Ken, I watched him in spring training, and I, I, I had – I think two of his games that I called on the radio and what I saw is just sometimes with his off speed, if he's not getting that over, then that's when he starts getting in a lot of trouble. He starts walking guys. He starts to get to, to be too fine with his fastball. So I'm interested to see how that slider, how that breaking ball is working when he's getting that over. And then he all of a sudden he starts climbing the ladder with the night with the 94. He's nasty. I mean, his his ball like almost jumps on top of the hitters. It's sneaky fast. So I'm pretty interested in seeing how the breaking stuff works. Absolutely. Now, and I just, I love what his energy, you know, I mean, if you guys remember that last year's COVID shortened season, arguably their biggest regular season win was at Buffalo, you know, at the Blue Jays when they stopped that, that terrible losing streak and then started, I think it was, it was a 10 game winning streak, right? Uh, nice. I, I think Garcia was the one who stopped that losing streak. Like seven innings, just, yeah. you know, yeah, he was just fearless, you know, and uh, I, I really love that energy, which is, again, why it just, I don't understand why they didn't let him pitch an actual playoff game. Uh, but, yeah, and now he, I, hardly this is not a crisis. He, he enters, and the Yankees are playing well. Uh, but, you know, he, he is filling the void of someone who really stepped up big in, in Kluber, and now uh, I'm curious to see what he can do. I'm curious to see what he can do. I'm also curious to see what Michael King can do as well, because Aaron Boone brought his name up as well. And uh, King, you know, you look at him and what he did at the beginning of this season, Kenny, he was pretty electric and he he didn't allow a run. I, I don't remember the exact inning total that he didn't allow a run, but he was pretty darn good. And I'd like to see him actually get a shot too, not just opening, but actually being a starter here. So it's going to be interesting to see if these two could bridge the gap until Luis Severino, who's expected to start a rehab assignment uh, sometime in June, get back possibly in July. So bridge the gap to him. But between Garcia and King, this is going to be a little interesting for the Yankees here. Yeah, Chris, I agree with you. I'm, I'm high on, on King, too. Uh, I just I really – he reminds me a little bit of one of Nelly's teammates, Ramiro Mendoza, just in terms of that versatility. Absolutely, you know, yes. Uh, you know, of the different roles he can play. And uh, for sure, I you know look, I 
I, I'm always in favor of, of uh, going with a six man, you know, for which I, I guess they were planning on doing anyway uh, for, for a short stint just to give guys some, some extra uh, extra rest. Uh, so, yeah, if you can get Garcia and King in that mix, I think there's, there's upside there. You have some reinforcements as far as some of the starters they can plug in. You know, I'm not, I don't know. We were always concerned about Kluber anyway in the beginning, and then all of a sudden we started forgetting about it because he started pitching so well, and then he threw the no-hitter. He was going deep in the ball game, and then his last outing, he started feeling shoulder tightness, and now it's two months. You, this shoulder is such a mystery as far as an injury. You never really see guys come back fully or even stay healthy with this. Uh, so it looks like they might be able to withstand that with Garcia if he comes up and pitches well. You plug in Michael King, you're going to get Severino back. So it looks like they might be able to hold this injury off, even if Kluber it winds up being worst case scenario and he's a lot he's out a lot longer than two months. Yeah, I agree. No, this is not a, a dire situation, right? I mean, this is bad. You know, we don't want to we don't want to downplay it, but you know, this is a team that. You know, I had just run off a, a streak of 35 consecutive scoreless innings by their pitchers, right? All five of them contributing. So the other four <clears throat> are still around, led by Garrett Cole, of course. You know, Tyon remains an enigma, uh, but if he can figure this out and, and pitch better on the road, then uh, that would be a, a huge deal for them. And and uh, obviously uh, the trade deadline is around the corner as well. Yeah, Kenny, you bring up the inning scoreless streak here, and, and it's interesting. They they threw 37 scoreless innings, Kluber, Herman, Montgomery, Cole, and Tyone, and uh, the most consecutive scoreless innings. Let's see if you can guess the years here or the eras. Lefty Gomez, Johnny Allen, George Pipgrass, and Red Ruffing had 40, and Speck Shea, Allie Reynolds, Spud Chandler, and Bill Bevins had 35. Lefty Gomez, uh, do you want to take a guess there? We're playing the ta- was it cash cab? Ken's in a cab right now, so let's yeah, so let's cash have cab. a little let's have a little trivia here. What what year was that with Lefty Gomez, Johnny Allen, George Pipgrass, and Red Ruffing? Well, can I call my former teammate George King? Because I'm pretty sure he covered. <laughs> <laughs> you want to phone a friend? <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> well, that, that would have to be in the 30s, right? Lefty Gomez was finally in the 30s, Absolutely. I believe. Well. We'll, we'll give that to you. So, Jake, you owe him 40 chicken nuggets, okay? <laughs> That's a fair payment. I got I got a good trivia question. It is episode 56 of the podcast, Ken. Can you guess who that is in honor of two? Which Yankee was number 56? I'll give you a clue. He was on Nelly's teams. 56 on Nelly's teams. A player, not a coach? Player. Pitch, a pitcher. Let's see if that gives him. He's away. big at fantasy camp now too. Yeah, but I never played with him. He was always. A, I always played against him. Was it? That wasn't Tanyan Sturt. Ding, 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 ding. You've won eighty chicken nuggets. nuggets and a new car. Yeah, yeah but he was. Wow. He was never my team. He's my teammate on the right. golf course, but he's never my teammate on the on the field. <laughs> and your teammate at fantasy camp. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Ken. I mean, we sit there. And you, you it, when you mention, oh, it will be able to withstand some of the injuries, and uh, yeah, the other four starters are still there. But it, this is this is this is what we we've come to now in baseball. That you know, once guys started getting hurt, you're like, oh my gosh, here go. We're just you look at the Mets across town. I mean, they're playing with a Triple A team right now. They have so many guys on the on the IL. And, and you're just, as a Yankee fan, you're used to that now. You're like, oh, here we go. We're going to start losing guys. And you wind up talking about injuries all the time because that's 
there's no consistency anymore in baseball. There's no consistency with guys playing 145 to 155 games. So you're constantly talking about, okay, who's going down next? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you're right, Noe. I, I think part of that is just is is roster management as opposed to actually more people getting hurt, right? Like I think back even back in your time, Noe, I think guys would play through stuff more. And uh, you know, with all due respect and not pointing any fingers, there were more more remedies available to get through that kind of stuff. Been. <laughs> see, where, see where I'm going with that? Uh, you know, it has changed in that regard, and uh, I understand uh, where you're coming from. I, I still think, you know, relative to where the Yankees had been the last few years, like they're still doing okay on the injury front. You know, I mean, Judge has stayed upright. You know, he had two little load management episodes, but come out of those shining and uh you know look if you had told me back in march all right Corey kluber is going to give you two really good months then he's going to be out for two months and then he's going to come back after that i think i i would have signed up for that uh, you know in terms of assessing the yankees and we'll, we'll, we'll see if he comes back but you know i, I think all things considered there, there actually has been improvement especially if stanton uh comes off tomorrow uh and then you know let's say he has another two months and then he's another two weeks you know i think we I tend to set the bar pretty low just based on history here. Can we, uh, well, first of all, uh, no disrespect and all due respect to uh, Mr. Nelson, uh, my co-host, because I do agree with him about the days of yore and, and today, but that was his best Grandpa Simpson yelling at a cloud right there. <laughs> I, was, I was just sitting here and as and as Nelly was going in there, I just saw Grandpa like putting his fist up at a cloud and yelling at it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's absolutely right. I, I agree with him. But that that was the visual I had. But we could look at the positives here, too. I mean, th there are negatives with the injuries, but this is a Yankee team. They're 11 and four in their last 15 home games. They're scoring four, almost four and a half runs a game at home. The, the one negative you could really poke the bear of Yankee fans with, though, is against Tampa and Toronto. They're five and 11 scoring under three runs. Against everybody else, they're twenty-three and nine. Is there any concern there that they can't figure out the Rays and Jays? I know they took two or three down in Tampa recently to exercise that demon down there a little bit, but it's still a little dicey, especially with the Jays and Rays. Yeah, Chris, look, the, the numbers are the numbers, right? Like Bill Parcells said, your record is you are what your record says you are. But if we break things down, most of those numbers were compiled during that opening. Five and ten stretch. Now, were you know, was that did that five and ten stretch happen because they played so many games against the, the Blue Jays and the Rays? That's a very fair question to ask. But I think you know, if you try to you try to assess things from ten thousand feet above, right? I, I, to me, they're playing better baseball now, and that is illustrated in taking two of three from the Rays at the Trop, in sweeping the White Sox, in taking two of three from the Astros at home. So yeah, we, we'll get a nice look. You know, got the doubleheader today, and then you know we'll, we'll get a better feel for that. But again, the numbers are the numbers. Yeah, they play the Rays right after Detroit, so they're back oh. home. They're back home. Oh, that's to right. Play. They play the Rays on Monday. I'm covering it. Jeez. Yeah, they're, they're, okay. they're back home. They're back home to play the Rays and the Red Sox yeah. in their next home right. stand after that brief. Yeah, three. right, right. Yeah. Now, can you see some of the averages going up? You know, you constantly keep looking. We're starting in June, two months into the season. You know, starting to get warmer. Maybe we'll. Start seeing the bats. You know, Clint Frazier starting to heat up just a little bit. Torres is really heating up. I mean, he's he's hitting the ball very well. Uh, you know, some of these guys that are hitting under 200. And, you know, you have Gardner and you have now Higashioka hovering around that 
200 mark. Do you see some of these averages climbing up? You know, Gardner to me has had better at bats lately. Still not as consistent as I think they or he would would like to see. Uh, Higgy, you know, we're still figuring out Higgy, right? I mean, this is, this is the most exposure he's gotten. Uh, we see the slug. Uh, we're not quite sure where that batting average is, is going to wind up. So he is a, a mystery. I, I think, you know, he makes people feel better than Sanchez because he's clearly a better defensive catcher. And just his uh, bats are not hopeless <laughs> like Sanchez's often seem to be. But, you know, we really don't know who Kyle Higashioka is as even, uh, you know, a co-starter at catcher, uh, you know, let alone the, the primary starter. Taxi cab confessions. Do you, do you have any dark secrets, Ken, to admit uh, while in this taxi? I literally just got out of the taxi, believe it or not. I just I, I paid. So uh, I was going to ask one more trivia question, and that's what's Chris Sheeran's favorite all-time movie as a sports movie? Favorite sports movie for Chris? I would have to go with For the Love of the Game. Oh, close. Oh, that's close. It begins with a C. It begins with a C. Gosh. That's <laughs> that. Uh, it's okay. about golf. It's about golf. Oh, oh, Caddyshack. There, there that, you I mean, go. <laughs> I think we could debate whether that's even a sports movie, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, that is not even a sports movie. It's about golf. It's like is Die Hard a Christmas movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you though, Kenny, for love of the game, that's up there. Uh, when you know, I still pitch, and I, I, I just pitched recently against. Uh, uh, Bob Clappish, our our friend, uh, oh in, yeah, <laughs> in, in in a New Jersey thirty eight and over league, yeah, Love and it. and uh, what's uh, who is the pitcher who just threw the no hitter who actually evoked the the movie for Love of the Game about um, Turnbull? Turnbull did Spencer yeah, Turnbull, Billy Chapel. But he, he 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 evoked clear Billy the mechanism Ch- clear the mechanism exactly and i still do that when i pitch so yes i i love well, it was that funny movie. they used a lot of the yankee guy because they used yankee stadium yes. and i'm sure ken knows that too because uh you know they used some of the guys that were in the minor leagues for the yankees and yeah. then they also like our bullpen catcher uh they used the and they helped who yeah they uh borzello they helped Whoever Bors- was the Borsi actor. was in that movie? He was yeah, he wasn't John in the movie. He's John Riley's stunt double, right? Yes, yes. So he actually did yeah. was behind the plate. He was he, he was teaching him how to catch. Wow. And then yeah, Gene Monaghan and, and uh yeah, they we they used our trainers. Yeah, Costner used to just I don't, he'd be like in the press elevator, be like, "Hey, it's Kevin Costner." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he came in our locker room when he was uh filming that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Lede, was there, Mike Ricken's Buddy, house. they were both in it. In the taxi and at the movies with Ken Davidoff. Coming up next on the Pinstripe Pod. Siskel and Davidoff. There you go. (laughs) Kenny, thank you so much. As always, we appreciate the time. Don't forget, you could read Kenny, of course, in the New York Post or at nypost.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Ken Davidoff. He is still strong with the 97 wins for the Yankees, and I don't blame him because this is just a blip on the radar screen. The Yankees are going to be just fine. Kenny, thank you so much. We appreciate the time. Hey, have a good day, guys. That says goodnight to episode 56, the Tanyan Sturts edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mongea for producing the show. That was deep. Go into Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We appreciate it. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We are back Monday after the Yankees series with the Tigers in Detroit. Thanks for listening, folks, and enjoy the series.